Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you often don't give us what we want. Providing what we need. Providing what we don't even realize that we need. Lord, that is your redemptive love. Open your word to us now, O Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So at one point, Jesus was way north. And at that point, all he had to do was just keep going north. He would have stepped off the stage of history. But he turned to his disciples and said, who do people say that I am? And there were some guesses about who he was. Some say Elijah. Some say you're John the Baptist coming back. And Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. On the basis of one confession of faith, rather than stepping off history's stage, Jesus turned south, knowing what awaited him in Jerusalem. On the way, he stopped and met Zacchaeus, the wee little man that we sang about in Sunday school. And he went from Jericho on to Bethany, and he was intercepted on the way and told that his dear friend had, had died. And so he, he went and he opened the grave his friend came out. And he stayed with friends in, in Bethany until such time that he decided he was going to enter Jerusalem. Hear the word of God as it comes to us from the Gospel of Mark. As Jesus and his disciples approached Bethlehem, pardon me, approached Jerusalem, they came to the towns of Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them. As soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there, and no one has ever written it. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord needs it, and we'll return it soon. The the two disciples left and found the colt standing in the street, tied outside the front door. As they were untying it, some bystanders demanded, what are you doing untying that colt? They said what Jesus told them to say, and they were permitted to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it, and he sat on it. Many in the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others spread leafy branches they had cut in the fields. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessings on the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Praise God in the highest. So Jesus came to Jerusalem and went into the temple. After looking around carefully at everything, he left because it was late in the afternoon. And he returned to Bethany with the 12 disciples. 
And may God add his understanding to this hearing of his word. What Jesus did in going into Beth, from Bethany into Jerusalem, what Jesus did was a clear, unambiguous statement of his identity. Everyone knew this passage from Zechariah, Zechariah 9.9. Rejoice, O daughter of Zion, people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, even a donkey's colt. Everyone knew that. Everyone was expecting someone to come in and fix stuff. They wanted the, the Davidic king to come and overthrow Herod, get the Romans out. Oddly enough, this was just before the Passover and huge processions. Herod came in from the coast with a procession. The, the Romans came in with their, with their horses and, and armies and, and all of that. And then Jesus comes in bouncing on the back of a little donkey. And, but the people know, the people know what this means. They know that Jesus is making the statement that he is the messianic king. He is the one who is being expected. He is the fulfillment of, of the Old Testament prophecies of the king of David. And so they see him, they rejoice, they throw their cloaks on the ground. They throw branches on the ground. They wave the palm branches. You know, one of the things that I really miss about having a church with little kids is having those processions of kids come up. And I've often prayed for a spirit of fertility to fall upon you all so we could have more kids. <laughs> but it's a great celebration. And the people are so happy that this is the king. This is the one whom they have put their, on whom they have put their hopes and their dreams and anticipations. And so this absolutely unambiguous, clear statement is a statement that Jesus makes and accepts that adulation. You know, our expectations can taint, if not define, our perceptions. We tend to look for that which we hope to find. Our, our perceptions are, are severely impacted by our expectations. So what do they want? They want Jesus to go in, keep going, and go in and throw out Herod. Call down that legion of angels or whatever it takes, but get rid of Herod. Then we'll take care of Pilate after that. We want this, this cleaning of the house. We want him to come in and fix it all. And he, he doesn't do it. He doesn't do what they want him to do. He doesn't do it. He doesn't fulfill their expectations. So day one goes by. He comes in on first day of the week. Day one goes by. Then it's Monday. Well, he did clear the temple along the way. Went in and knocked over the tables. And he did do that. 
But then what? Jesus, is that it? Is that all you got? Now you've cleared the temple, keep going. Do something. We know what we want. And I wonder if there aren't people in that crowd who'd heard the stories of Jesus healing. Well, my my little boy can't see. And here you rode right by him and didn't do anything. My uncle is ill. And he managed to get himself down here to the roadside. And you did Jesus nothing. Day three, Tuesday. Day four, Wednesday. Going to Thursday. And Jesus is telling parables. He's doing some occasional healings. He's doing what he does. Jesus is being Jesus. The Jesus that everyone knew before is the Jesus that everyone sees now. Nothing new. And so by Friday morning, many of the people who are crying Hosanna are now crying crucify. The people who thought he was the king that was going to liberate them, that he was going to be their great Messiah, now are saying, this guy is a fake. He's a phony. How do we know? Because I didn't get what I wanted. So it is. And so often, it is the case that we just don't see because of our expectations. We don't see who Jesus really is because we had our understanding and our hopes and dreams and our expectations of what we wanted to see. And when we didn't get what we wanted, we we figure he's wrong, something is wrong with him. T.S. Eliot puts it in this way. No place of grace for those who avoid the face, avoid the reality of who he is. No time to rejoice for those who walk among the noise and deny the voice. So no, no sense of grace when we can't see the face, the reality of who he is. You know, in this postmodern context we find ourselves in, we want to affirm that individuals have their truth. As if truth is not something outside of themselves that they strive to understand. And, and, and instead, truth is what I see the world to be and how I define the world for me. It's kind of a hyper-narcissism. But the reality is Jesus objectively, without anyone believing in him, is the king. He is the Messiah. He is the one who's expected. But he is abandoned. Abandoned during that week. You know, I, I hear it all the time, even in, in ministry. We're going to speak out on this stuff. Many pastors cave to that pressure. They speak out about 
January 6th, or climate change, or whatever it may be. You gotta speak out about this. Do something. So speak out about all of these things that are important to us right now. That's what Jesus was expected to do. Speak out and to do something about it, fix it. But what did Jesus actually say when he speaks out about all the issues that they were dealing with? Let's face it, Rome was one of the most oppressive empires ever to, ever to walk, march the face of the planet. When Jesus speaks out, what he says is, I am king. I am king. So as a pastor, what am I to speak out about? Jesus is Lord. Christos hokurios, the oldest confession of the church. Christ is Lord. Christ is Lord. What is the answer to climate change? Christ is Lord. What is the answer to all of the stuff out there? Whatever it is that we're dealing with? Christ is Lord. Well, that's no answer. And Jesus didn't fix it either. Instead, he sacrificed his life. He gave his life as a sacrifice so that we would know the realities of the kingdom ourselves. He didn't fulfill our expectations because he knows better what it is we really want and really need. So what he did is he fulfilled our deepest longings. I've shared this before. Story of a, of a Confederate soldier who was injured so badly he lost use of both arms and both legs. But in his, in his isolation and in his thoughts and in his prayers, he composed this. I asked God for strength that I might achieve. I was made weak that I might learn to humbly obey. I asked for health that I might do greater things. I was given infirmity that I might do better things. I asked for riches that I might be happy I was given poverty that I might be wise. I asked for power that I might have the praise of men. I was given weakness that I might feel the need for God. I asked for all things that I might enjoy life. I was given life that I might enjoy all things. I got nothing that I asked for, but everything I hoped for. Almost despite myself, my unspoken prayers were answered. I am, among all men, most richly blessed. We are, among all people, most richly blessed. Not because Jesus set up a first century state of Israel, 
but because Jesus, with his death and the sacrifice that he made, set up an eternal kingdom for which we have been prepared and in, into which we will all one day flow when that day comes. Will you join me in prayer? Oh Lord, you are the King of glory and you are a humble Lord. And we thank you and praise you for the gift that is ours because of the sacrifice that you made on our behalf. Praise you, thank you, and ask that our lives might live into that reality that is outside of ourselves. And the more we can appropriate it, the more joy we know. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.